I would sure like for you, if you would, to open your Bibles this morning. There is a sermon outline provided in your bulletin on the second page if you'd like to follow along with our teaching this morning. And uh, we've been doing a study out of the book of Exodus, and we will go into Exodus this morning unless the Lord leads us a little different, but we're planning to go into Exodus. But I want to start this morning over in first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 1, if you might turn there, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And as we look into the scriptures today, we've been doing a series here at Bethesda on Sunday mornings entitled, God Shows Up. And we've been recognizing ways in our lives that God has shown up for us at various times. And so perhaps you've seen God show up in, in your life. Maybe you didn't even recognize it was God at the moment, God at that time. But, but now standing here looking back, you can say, man, something had a hand in that. Somebody had a hand in that. That was beyond my control. God must have been there for me. Maybe you didn't know to acknowledge God in that moment, but you recognize it now. And we give God the praise. Sometimes we are blessed to be able to recognize the move of God or the hand of God at work in our situation. And, uh, and, and we want to tr- give him thanks in that moment. Sometimes we just have to trust him that he's at work even when we don't see him or, or feel like we see him operating the way we think he should. We just have to know and trust God is at work. God is faithful. Well, I love this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to begin down in verse 8. So if you have your Bible, please do open there. It's in the New Testament. And uh, Paul is writing here, and he's speaking to the church at Corinth. And it's interesting as he starts down in verse 8, he says, For we we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, as he writes to the church at Corinth. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. And then we're not told exactly what they experienced. But he does say we, we went through some affliction. We went through a real difficult time. And he tells us some insight as to how difficult it was. Look at how he writes here. He says, For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Have you ever been in a place where you've been utterly burdened beyond your strength? You've been so weary, so, so stressed, so, so worried, or so distraught, or in such a difficult place, it was beyond you. I've been there. Boy, that can be a, a, a terrible feeling to feel like you're out of control, to feel like the situation is beyond your control. That's how the Apostle Paul felt. Is that, can that happen to, to men and women of God that we get into situations that seem beyond us? Absolutely. The Apostle Paul, a wonderful, powerful man of God, he's given credit for, for about writing two-thirds of the New Testament. And yet he's saying we were, we were in such difficult situation that we were so utterly burdened beyond our own strength. I've got good news for you this morning. When you come to the end of yourself, God is there. He's with you always. He's with us always. He walks with us. He, he's always present with his people. Just know that by faith. No matter what you're walking through today, God is with you. But more than being with you, he's leading you. If you're his son or his daughter, if you've, if you've trusted in him, you put your confidence in the Lord, he's not only with you, he's leading you in this moment. And the apostle Paul recognized that. He said it was utterly burdened beyond our strength. But look, he doesn't end there. 
He doesn't end with the woe is me. He doesn't end with the how bad it was. Look, in fact, verse 9, he says, Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. This is a desperate situation for Paul and, and those who were his companions that were with him. He says, we felt we'd received the sentence of death. But I love this next part. And if you're one to mark in your Bible, you want to underline this or mark it. If you're taking notes on, the, on our, uh, on our um, bulletin this morning, be sure and, and write this down. Make note of this. Underline it. Highlight it in your Bible. The Lord just revealed this to me so, so mightily this week as the Lord was speaking through the Apostle Paul when we're so utterly burdened beyond our own strength. Paul said, I feel like we had received the sentence of death. But then he says this life-changing statement but that was to make us rely not on ourselves but on God who raises the dead wow what a powerful passage we went through great affliction beyond our own strength we felt as though we had the sentence of death but God allowed it so that we'd stop relying on ourselves and start relying fully on him would God do that would God allow us to go through things and even perhaps lead us into times in our lives where, where we feel utterly helpless, where the situation is completely out of our control? Would he allow us to go through a difficult time, even lead us through a difficult time to bring us to the end of ourselves and recognize that maybe we've been relying too much on our own self, our own abilities, our own confidence, our own strength, our own know-how, and God is saying through the Apostle Paul, he says, God allowed this so that we would get to a place where we relied on God and not ourselves. Let me tell you, friends, if God is doing a work like that in, in Paul and, these, and his companions, then you can trust the work of God as he's working like that. Paul didn't understand it completely. I mean, I'm, it doesn't sound like a pleasant experience, does it? It sounds like a horrible experience. But he was believing and trusting that God was doing a work in the midst of all the trouble. God was doing a work in the midst of the affliction and the pain. My question to you this morning is, can you trust that even through the difficulty, through the struggle, through the trial that you're in today, can you trust that God's not only with you, but he's leading you. And in his leading, what he's going to help us do is to rely less on ourselves and become more dependent upon him. Now, if God's doing that, we can trust the work of God. We can trust that he's in control and that he's doing what's best for us because he loves us, that he's developing more of himself within us. And so we would welcome that. Now, he doesn't even stop there. Look at what the Apostle Paul says, verse 10. He says, He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. He has delivered, and He will deliver. That's good news for you, friend. That's good news for me. Our God is faithful. Do you believe that? I'm going to ask you again, and I don't, you, don't, you don't need to respond. I'm not asking it again so that you respond verbally. I want you to really think about this in your heart and your spirit. Do you believe that God is able to see you through what you're going through today? Do you really believe that God is able not only to lead you and be with you, but to bring you through the difficulty that you're in? We had some folks come into the early service, I mean broken. They couldn't even come into the sanctuary, so broken. So devastated by events in life this week. 
devastated by some things that they're walking through. They couldn't even hardly come in before they were weeping coming through the door. Already just broken. Can we believe that God is at work? That God has been faithful in the past? That He does deliver and He will deliver again? Can we believe that? You know, the title of our series is God Shows Up. I've seen God show up in my life many times, and maybe you have as well. But I can't live off yesterday's deliverance. I can't live off yesterday's blessings. When I'm going through a difficult trial, I learn from yesterday, and I look back on yesterday, and it increases my faith. It encourages me to know that God did it then for me and for my family. But I'm telling you, I live in the here and now, and what God did yesterday for me is not enough. Sometimes I need God right now. How about you? It's like I know God was faithful then, and I celebrate that, and I'm grateful, but I'm in a situation today, and I'm here to tell you God is faithful to your today. God is faithful to your today. He's faithful in your circumstance right now. And the Apostle Paul said he delivered. That's past tense. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will, he will deliver us. He did, and he will. And then he goes on to say, I love this, he says, on him we have set our hope. On him, on the Lord our God, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Our hope is in the Lord. Let me ask you this morning, who or what are you trusting in? Where is your hope? Who is your hope in? Where is your hope at? The apostle Paul said we went through, through death. We, it felt as though that we had received the sentence of death. Our strength was gone. We were in a terrible, terrible situation. But God allowed it so that we would learn to rely more on Him than on ourselves. And then He says He delivered us, and He will deliver us, and we've set our hope on Him, and He's faithful to deliver again. Where's your hope today? Is your hope in the Lord? for what you're going through or do you still hope in yourself you got to figure it out you, you know it, we're, we're good about uh thinking sometimes that we've got this right we say that i got it i got it i'm good the reality is sometimes we're not good sometimes we don't got it at least i don't i don't know about you i like people to think i'm in control sometimes but i'm not in control as much as i think i am and our strength is gone and we're in a terrible situation, but we must learn to keep our hope on Him. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope and our dependency is on Him and not on ourselves that He will bring us through whatever we're going through. Now, let me read this last verse to you in verse 11. The Bible says, You also must help us by prayer. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. Now, if you're one to mark in your Bible, that's a, that's a, that's a powerful passage. He is inviting the church at Corinth to pray for him and his companions. We need your help. He's asking for prayer. I need you to help us. I need you to pray for us. You also must help us by prayer. I need you, Paul is saying, to pray for us so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. He says he, he's inviting them to pray and celebrate with him. He's inviting them to celebrate the victories that God has done and is doing, but he's also inviting their prayers. It's okay to ask for prayer. 
Sometimes we, we don't want people to know we're struggling. Sometimes we don't want people to know our strength feels gone. Sometimes we don't want people to know that we're having a difficult time. But it's good and it's okay for us to ask for prayer. And can I tell you, we need to be praying for others. There are people in your sphere of influence right now, no doubt, that are going through difficult situations. In fact, let me just ask you, how many of you know of somebody in your sphere of influence that's in a really, really tough spot right now? Just show me your hand. If you know somebody going through a tough time, that's a lot of hands in this place. I, I, could, I could just keep raising my hands. I know so many people that are in really, really tough and difficult situations. Do you know we're supposed to pray for them? We should be praying for them. Paul is inviting people to pray for him. He's inviting them to celebrate the victories that God has brought, but he's also inviting them to continue to pray. Please pray for us. And sometimes people say, well, I don't, I don't really know how to pray for somebody when they're going through a tough spot. I, I don't really know what to say. I don't know how to pray very well. Well, some simple instruction on prayer. Talk to God with great respect, but talk to him as a brother, as a friend. Lord, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Lord, I, I just know my friend is in need and they're hurting and they need help. And God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but we need your help right now. You can just talk to God from your heart. He loves those kind of prayers. I say God loves those kind of prayers when they just come from deep in our heart and they're raw and they're not rehearsed. And we sound like broken people. God loves those kind of prayers. He's not impressed when we use all the fancy words and cliches. You do know that. You might impress people, but that doesn't impress God. But he's moved, and we have his attention. We have his heart when we pray from deep within us, and we just tell him what's going on in our lives, and certainly when we pray for somebody in our sphere of influence that is hurting. Now, let me clarify something here. When I said a minute ago that God sometimes will allow us to go through difficult times, and sometimes he'll even lead us into and through those difficult times, why would he do that? I'll tell you why. You might write this down. I'm not going to get through my outline, so don't panic. Somebody's already looking down through there. Ethel, he's still got three, four points to go through here. We're, we're never going to make it out of here for biscuits and gravy at lunch. Okay, never mind. We're not going to just... Get that worry out of your head. We're not even going. We're not going to make it through the, the outline today. But what I want to say to you this morning is that God will allow you and I to go through difficulties in our lives. And God will allow and, and even lead us into difficult situations sometimes. Why? So that he's glorified. So that he alone is glorified. So that we repent and say, oh God, I'm so sorry. I've been relying on my own ideas, my own, my own knowledge, my own intellect, my own talents and abilities. Oh, God, I'm sorry. My, my strength is gone. I've got nothing, but I still have you. And, Lord, I need you. I don't want to rely on myself any longer. Lord, I turn my life, I turn my thoughts, I turn the situation over to you. And God is glorified in that. He's glorified when we recognize his greatness and how much we need him. He's glorified when he can show up in a situation or in a problem in our life and show himself strong and mighty on your behalf because you're his children. We're his children. And he loves us and he loves to show up for us. I was reminded this morning as I was contemplating this passage and, and, and recognizing that God wants to 
show up for us and be glorified and allow us to go through difficulties even that he might be glorified which by the way if you read in in exodus chapter 14 we'll be getting in there over the next few weeks that's where the the parting of the red sea takes place i know some of you've been very excited about that you say that i just love that story i can't wait for us to get there and talk about it we're going to get there okay we're going to get into the parting of the red sea and how god miraculously shows up for his people but can I tell you if you read Exodus 14 the first 10 or 11 verses you'll find that God got God led them God allowed them to be in the difficult spot they were in they didn't just get themselves there sometimes we do sometimes we make dumb choices stupid decisions and we get ourselves in bad situations you know you do it I've done it also but there are times God leads us and directs us and allows us to be in a tough spot. He did that for the children of Israel. They, got, they, they were in a tough spot and God allowed it. But why? He makes it clear in those verses so that God receives the glory. So that God receives all the praise and honor and glory. As I was contemplating, thinking about that this week, I was thinking about, and that is point number one in your outline, by the way, if you're following. So that God is glorified, right? And so here's, here's the thought for this today. When Chandler was 14 years old, he, has, he had scoliosis real bad in his back, right? And um, we had taken him to the doctor. We had noticed that something was wrong with his back and that he was starting to hunch over real bad. But then we, we had him at the doctor just for a regular checkup, and they really were concerned about it. Now, if you don't know my family structure, if you're relatively new, Chandler would be Janet and I, it's our, our youngest son. So he was 14, right in that, that age. Well, we found out that he was going to have to have a, a major back surgery to straighten this. And this was bad. They actually told us if we didn't do this surgery, he was starting to hunch over so bad and getting such a big knot on his back that they said by the time he reached college, he would be hunched over as he walked. It was really bad. And, and they said, you've got a choice. You don't have to do this surgery. But we prayed about it. We started having some tests done. And they said, let's get some other opinions and let's make sure we're telling you right. So we got those, the, those tests done. We got them completed. Chandler also loves to hunt. He's the only one of my three boys that cares anything about the outdoors and hunting and things like that. Dawson and Braden, they don't care about any of that. But Chandler does, and so this was his opportunity uh, to go elk hunting, right? We, we've been putting in for elk and stuff like that, and, and we've been training and, and getting ourselves ready for hunting. On the same day that the doctor called and confirmed, Chandler definitely has to have surgery. The same day he got that call, he also received in the mail his type one bull elk tag that's exactly how me and his mother felt what you did it was like oh because his surgery was going to take place in october and he would not be able to hunt and we're like oh god seriously why why would this and so did not want to talk to chandler about it but i remember when he came home and he was, he was talking to us, and he was frustrated because he had been hurting in his back. And then we, we just gave him the thing. I said, son, you're not going to like this. But I said, good news and bad news. The good news is you drew, and you drew type 1, area 38, which if you're a hunter, you know that's great. It's a great area to hunt. Type 1, area 38, best area to hunt, bull elk. Bad news is you also have to have surgery. And so you're not going to get to hunt. The doctor said you won't get to hunt. And I remember him being in his room, and he was so mad. He was so angry, and he was crying. 
And as a dad, you know, you don't know what to say. You don't know how, you can't fix it. You can't do anything. And I said, okay. And he said, he said, Dad, why would God allow this to happen right now? Why, why would this happen? Why would I get my elk tag on the same day I find out that I've got to have this major back surgery and I'm not going to get to it? And he was frustrated. He said, God can heal me if he wants to. Can't, can't he heal me if he wants to, Dad? I said, I believe that. If you're, if you're here at Bethesda this morning and you've never been in those circles, I'm just going to tell you, I believe God still has the authority and power to heal people today. I believe that. I said, absolutely, son. I believe God can heal you. He said, then why doesn't he? Why would I have to go through this? I'm 14 years old. Why would I have to have this major back surgery? I said, I don't know. And of course, I'm praying in that moment in my spirit. I'm praying, oh God, give me some wisdom. Give me some fatherly wisdom that in this maybe even teachable moment that God the Father would teach me his son and that I as a father to Chandler would be able to teach something or say something that might be meaningful to him. And he laid there on his bed, tears running down his face, and he was just so mad. And I said, son, here's what we have to determine. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for healing because we believe God can heal. And if God heals you, we're going to give him all the glory and all the honor, all the praise. Does that sound right? If God brings the healing, he alone should get all the glory. You agree with that. I said, but son, if God allows you to walk through this difficult time and you have to have this surgery and all of our plans are changed for the fall, if that has to happen, then we still have to determine right now that we still give God all the glory. Whether he heals you or whether we walk through it, he is glorified somehow. And I said, I know that sounds easy for dad to say because I'm not the one facing surgery. But I'm telling you, son, if you will, God will use this for his glory in your life somehow. And he was able to wrestle with that for a little bit and able to come to an understanding in his spirit. He's always been very mature for his age. And he, he, he agreed with me. After a bit of time, he came out and spoke with us, and he said, we're going to give God all the glory, all the praise. And then when, all of, when, when he wasn't healed and he had to have the surgery, a nine-hour surgery, I think it was there, in Billings we sat there. But you know, God has used that in his testimony, in his teaching of the word. He's been able to minister to other students here in Sheridan, other young people in school that are facing some of the same struggles. He's been able to talk to them about how God showed up for him. God didn't bring the healing the way we hoped, but God used it for his glory. Can God do that? Would God do that for you? You see, sometimes we think when God shows up that he's just going to show up in such an awesome, powerful way that there'll be no question that, that he alone did the work. And that is true. God can do that. Give him the glory when he shows up for you like that. Give him the praise. Never take for granted the move of God in your life. I said, never take for granted the mighty move of God in your life. Give him glory. Give him praise. But if he allows you to walk through something really, really difficult, and some of you are walking through some difficult times right now, know that he's with you. Know that he's leading you and that he will lead you through. And even in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the difficulty and the, the adverse situation, even then determine in your heart and mind, even in this moment, I will give God all the glory. Because I'm not alone. He's with me. 
and he's leading me and he will be faithful to lead me through again the rest of that story for Chandler God has used that testimony now for his glory time and again to God be the glory and I believe that someday you'll be able to say no matter what you're walking through today I look back you'll be able to say I've looked back and I see God's hand at work in my life and to God be the glory you see the enemy wants you to think things in your life are darker than they really are the darkness may seem like it's closing in around you but the light of Christ is still shining if you're his son if you're his daughter if you're a child of God you've trusted in him the light of Christ is still shining even when it feels darkest in your life